0: Here's a recipe for a classic ghost story. Take one big, scary Victorian house. Fill the house with an endless maze of hallways, mysterious rooms, and stairways that go nowhere. Add in a wealthy widow with a dark, tragic past that she's trying to outrun, and voila! A ghost story for the ages. I'm Annie Eubank, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're taking you to the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California, to see if this sprawling mansion lives up to its reputation as one of the most haunted places in the world. After this. It's 75 degrees, it's sunny. There are trees everywhere. A few weeks ago, I visited the Winchester Mystery House. This is a beautiful, shady courtyard. Everything's nicely painted in earth tones. It's a huge, wildly decorated Victorian house. It kind of looks like a courtyard at Disneyland. It's kind of hard to believe this is one of the most notorious haunted houses in America. Growing up in San Jose, I heard this story. Sarah Winchester was a haunted woman. Her husband was the heir of the Winchester Rifle Company. And after he died, Sarah believed that the thousands of damned souls killed by those rifles would never let her rest. Sarah consulted a spiritual medium, and Sarah was told that wherever she settled down, she had to build a house. But not just any house. It had to have staircases to nowhere and doors that opened up into nothing, an architectural maze that would confuse the spirits. It's kind of like walking around a really well-lit anthill. So in 1886, Sarah moved to the sleepy town of San Jose in California, and she started building this house. She used her fortune to keep building new rooms onto her massive mansion for almost 40 years. There's the door to nowhere. that just opens up onto a drop out into the gardens. 950 doors, 160 bedrooms, 13 bathrooms, 40 stairways, and six kitchens. And even though it was a beautiful sunny day when I visited, and even though there were costume staff and visitors everywhere, I still managed to scare myself a few times. I think that was a recording of footsteps, but I'm a little nervous now. It just sounded like someone was coming down the staircase to nowhere, which is right inside the entrance. While I grew up surrounded by the Sarah Winchester ghost story that I just told you, there's another version of this narrative.
1: My name is April Halberstadt and I live in the heart of San Jose. I am a research historian, but uh, what I love to do is research on houses and other uh, projects for environmental impact reports.
0: April is an old family friend of mine and she knows a lot about San Jose and its houses. And you can't talk about San Jose's houses without talking about Sarah Winchester.
1: I think Sarah deserves a good reputation. And I don't think she has a good reputation now. She comes off like a crazy old lady. And in a way, she has no one to defend her.
0: In New Haven, Connecticut, back in the 1850s, a girl named Sarah Lockwood Party met a boy named William Wirt Winchester. They married in 1862 when Sarah was 24 years old. William worked at his father's shirt factory, but his father soon invested in and then took over a rifle company, one that made guns that didn't have to be reloaded after each shot. These so-called repeating rifles were a popular weapon during the Civil War. So that meant the Winchester Rifle Company was incredibly successful. The Winchesters kept making more and more money as their mass-produced rifles became icons of the 19th century, especially as American settlers took them out west. And then in 1881, Sarah suffered three huge losses. Her mother died, her father-in-law died, and then William, Sarah's husband, died of tuberculosis. And this was all in the same year. All of these deaths meant that suddenly, Sarah was the heir to the entire Winchester family fortune. $20 million. That's the equivalent of about $540 million today. And here is where reality starts to fade away and the legend takes over. Soon after her husband's death, Sarah left New Haven and she moved out west.
1: Sarah came out here, I think during her honeymoon and they were very impressed by the area. But as she got older, she wanted to be away from Connecticut where it's cold. And she decided to go back to the place where she and her husband had been happy.
0: April says that most of the ghost stories overlook the very practical reasons Sarah had for building this massive
1: home. She was the fifth of seven children. Uh, So when she moved out, she invited her, her sisters and their husbands and their families to come with her. So she was gonna need a big house and she found a big farmhouse, but it wasn't big enough. Um, She started adding wings onto the house, but Sarah liked to build and she was good at it.
0: Sarah's father had owned a woodworking factory and he made doors, windows, and every kind of carved decoration you can imagine. And Sarah had always been fascinated by architecture and decor. And all this money meant that she could go wild and experiment.
1: She loved to watch uh, construction being done, and she liked to watch wood turning and uh, all of that—that that sort of thing.
0: The house is huge today, but it actually used to be twice as big. In 1906, there was a massive earthquake. At the Winchester Mystery House, the upper floors collapsed into the lower floors. And April thinks that. Rather than replace the rooms, Sarah just had her workmen patch up the gaps, leaving weird holes in the architecture.
1: And it'd be fun to uh, spend some time and do do a, some forensic carpentry or something like that. I guess you'd call it uh, to see to see where things would have ordinarily gone.
0: April also points out, or maybe people just forgot in all of the ghost story myth-making that Sarah didn't actually spend all of her days hiding in this house from ghosts. She was really involved in the local community.
1: She belonged to a lot of charities up and down the peninsula. Um, So yes, she was very social in in that way. I did, um, years ago, have a chance to meet a descendant From her ranch manager and uh, who was a child when Sarah was alive and he he remembers her as being extremely generous and if anybody in the neighborhood was sick they would get a basket of of whatever was needed goodies from her ranch. Um, She was very concerned about taking care of the people who worked with her. She has a very good reputation. Um, except for tourists, you know, they don't know what a nice person she was. And that's too bad. Sarah died in
0: 1922 at age 83. And not long after her house was purchased and then marketed across the world as a haunted house and Californians of a certain age will remember the billboards that used to be up and down the state. This image of a black Victorian house on a bloody red background. And in the middle of the billboard, there's this huge grinning white skull. There have been comic books about the house. Ghost hunting shows have stopped by. And there's actually even a horror film starring Helen Mirren. I feel their presence
1: in the air, in the walls. It has found us.
0: And yes, the house is definitely disorienting to actually visit. But, you know, it's still interesting to know that Sarah Winchester was a decent human being and a lot of the house's weird little features were probably because of the earthquake. So before we end this episode, there's one last bit of Winchester trivia that I really want to share. In 2005, the San Jose Repertory Theater, commissioned a musical. It's called, The Haunting of Winchester.
1: Once upon
0: a time in a house in San Jose, God locked eleven sinners up and threw the key away.
1: Then lady it's one of the, the strangest pieces I've ever written.
0: This is Craig Baumler, and he wrote the musical. So I saw this when I was 14 years old. And in this telling of the story, Sarah Winchester falls in love with one of the ghosts that haunts her house.
1: And all we really have of evidence to her work is rumors and that house. So it was not like there were biographies or anything to draw from. Everything was speculation. And so since the rumors, you included ghosts, which I don't personally believe in, um, it was really fun just to put ghosts in there.
0: Now, I am all in favor of telling the real story of Sarah Winchester. But if you are gonna turn her life into a ghost story, this is the way to do it. As a supernatural Harlequin novel set to music that has this great old West yee flavor. You really can't get any better than that. So to close, we're gonna enjoy a little bit of this number called A Woman's A Prayer. And in this scene, the ghost, Lassiter sings about his love for Sarah Winchester. Take like a
1: Of you to go on, and
0: reaching for what? If you want to go explore the Winchester Mystery House yourself, visit atlasobscura.com and we'll tell you how to get there. The link is in the episode's show notes. Thanks so much to Craig Baumler for hopping on the phone with me and providing our musical interlude, and thanks so much to April as well. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger
1: Chris Naka
0: Camille Stanley
1: Sarah Wyman Manolo Morales Chilenya Onike Maddie Weinberg Camille Mojica Tracy Samuelson John Delore Peter Clowney
0: Our technical director is
1: Casey Holford
0: Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming I'm Annie Eubank, and I'll see you next time.
1: Witness Docs from Stitcher.